Maybe you've seen the film. It is late 18th century, a darkened palace in Vienna on a cold winter evening. We can hear an elderly man, composer Salieri, calling the name of his rival Mozart, confessing to killing him. Then there are strange, ominous sounds from the locked composer's chamber. And as two servants break in using force, they find bleeding Salieri who evidently tried to cut his own throat. They rush the moaning old man along the snow-covered Vienna streets in a stretcher. The camera cuts dramatically between the hapless Salieri and the bright, luxurious ballrooms where people are merrily dancing to the music of his rival Mozart. In 1984, film Amadeus became one of the most decorated films of all times. It got many awards, including eight Oscars, among them one for the best art direction. In other words, the American Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences praised specifically the overall aesthetics of the film, design of the sets that so convincingly corresponded to the music of a genius. And to many people, surprisingly, you can actually walk right through that exquisite beauty of late Baroque in the small town of Kroměříž in central Moravia. For some of the most memorable scenes of Amadeus were actually not shot in Vienna, but right here in the Archbishop's Palace of Kroměříž. Before I enter the building with the castellan and historian Martin Krčma, I would like to clear out one slightly confusing fact. It is a palace, but even the official leaflets describe it as chateau. And UNESCO included it in its World Heritage List as a castle. So, which is it? Chateau, palace or castle? In our terminology, it is a chateau. Nevertheless, in its function and in the sense of the word as understood in a European context, it is a representative palace. But Kroměříž has always been just a summer residence. So why did the bishops of Olomouc decide to invest so much money, time and effort to build this opulent building and fill it with treasures of European art here in a small town that is to this day a bit of a rustic backwater? We have to understand that Olomouc, where the bishops and later archbishops had their administrative centre, was simultaneously a royal city and fortress. That meant there were limited possibilities to develop a truly representative and spectacular residence. Kromarish, where they had their much humbler residence long before they built this Baroque palace, made that possible. After all, it is not that far from Olomouc, so Kromarish was the obvious choice. As sometimes happens in the course of history, it was actually war devastation that made building something new and magnificent possible. But as also happens, almost without an exception, a unique, enlightened personality with a vision was needed too. 
In case of Kroměříž, it was an Austrian nobleman appointed the Bishop of Olomouc in the 17th century. Karel Lichtenstein z Kastelkornu po 30-leté válce zdědil diecézi vlastně zuboženou po všech stránkách. Karl II von Lichtenstein Kastelkorn inherited his diocese after the 30 years war in a very poor condition. He had an opportunity to kind of restart both its spiritual and economic life and he decided to rebuild the Kromerich Palace so that it would represent the cultural and economic richness of the region. He had excellent education himself and managed to put together a group of top architects and engineers. Together with them he built this palace in about 20 years. corridors of this magnificent palace. This is the hunting hall. We have in fact entered directly into the representative halls and are following in the steps of the most important visitors who came for an audience with the archbishop. They would usually be visitors from noble families or high church officials. But there were even the most distinguished visitors here too. Right here in the hunting hall we have a reminder of the highest meeting that took place. The Russian Tsar Alexander III met the Austrian Emperor Franz Joseph I. The official reason for the meeting of Alexander III and Franz Josef was, in fact, the volatile situation in the Balkans where both powers had strategic interests. Even then, in 1885, it threatened to cause a major war between the two powers. But here in Kromjeříš, the monarchs obviously wanted to demonstrate goodwill and the only bullets flew when they hunted together. Ti právě byli lovci tady těch šesti jelenů, jejichž paroží je ozdobeno stříbrnými. The two statesmen shot six stags. These are the trophies, each of them with a little silver plaque with the name of the hunter. And then we can see a billiard table that was a present from Tsar Alexander to Cardinal Fustenberg, who hosted them. Both the emperors were really satisfied with their stay here in Kromeriz. It was a special meeting. They came with their families and stayed for three days. So they all met, went together even to see a theatre play, and the emperors hunted together. The atmosphere was very friendly, and they probably wanted to demonstrate it to the outside world. They did, and it would take nearly 30 more years for the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Bosnian Sarajevo to start a regional conflict that would immediately explode into a global conflagration of World War I. We are now surrounded by 99 paintings that represent one part of the Kromerich Chateau. Kastelen Krčma now shows me into the throne hall, richly decorated and full of valuable works of art. It was here that bishops and archbishops would hold audiences and they obviously wanted to impress their visitors. There are two paintings missing here and they are considered to be the most significant of the whole gallery. The first is Titian's flaying of Masias, and right opposite the throne there used to be David contemplating the head of Goliath by Artemisia Gentileschi. It was symbolic. Imagine these ceremonial meetings taking place here under these paintings with biblical and mythological significance. 
David, with the head of Goliath, symbolized victory of good over evil in the Judaic Christian tradition. The flaying of Masias represented punishment of pride or victory of wisdom over pride. These two paintings are not in here in the throne hall, but visitors can see them in the gallery on the next floor, where we concentrated 100 of the most significant works from our collection. Finally, we make our way into the probably most famous hall of all. Movie fans from all over the world know our Parliament Hall, often without even realising it. It's a very popular film location. It was here that Milos Fuhrman shot some of the most spectacular scenes in his multiple Oscar-winning Amadeus. There are many other movies with scenes shot in this hall. Last but not least was Oscar-nominated Danish film A Royal Affair. But the name Parliament Hall indicates that it was also a set of actual and real historical events, not just film scenes. For it was right here that the first democratically elected Austrian parliament met in the revolutionary year of 1848. More than 400 deputies came to Kroměříž from all corners of the old empire. They met originally in Vienna, but after the revolution and uprising in October 1848 took the city by storm. The Emperor Ferdinand and his court moved to Olomouc. The parliament came here to Kromeris so they could stay in close touch. It was close to the imperial court. Another reason being the size of this palace made it possible to house such a hastily moved large body of men. The hall is richly decorated in the style of Viennese Rococo or late Baroque. It was built after a devastating fire in the second half of the 18th century. It ranks among the largest halls of this type in Central Europe. What makes it unique are the ceiling paintings. They are not frescoes, but huge canvases fastened onto the ceiling. They celebrate the builder of this hall, Bishop Hamilton. He was really instrumental in rebuilding this Baroque palace after the great fire that I mentioned. And we can see him on the front painting. Bishop Maximilian Hamilton, as his surname suggests, came actually from an old Scottish Catholic family. His ancestors fled during the Glorious Revolution and settled in Bavaria. He studied to be a priest, rose in the church ranks and was finally appointed to Olomouc. Like his predecessor Karl von Liechtenstein Kasselkorn one century earlier, he left an indelible mark on Kroměříž and the Parliament Hall is just a part of his legacy. The Chateau Garden is the most visited part of our complex. The entrance is for free and it's open all year round. We estimate that it's visited by some half a million visitors yearly, though we don't know for sure because it's freely accessible. The second most visited is actually the flower garden located a little distance away. The chateau itself comes only third, all its art treasures notwithstanding. So it's really the gardens that draw visitors to Kromerich. The chateau as a baroque palace had originally a 20-acre garden. It underwent significant changes depending on prevailing trends of different periods. 
What we can see today is basically an English park of the second half of the 19th century. It's one of the best preserved examples of this style. That was in fact one of the main reasons why the chateau and its gardens were recognized as UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Now that may be true, but the chateau itself is a wonderful place full of beautiful paintings, furniture and interior design. You don't have to be an art connoisseur to appreciate its unique atmosphere that makes you literally feel the importance and richness of historical events witnessed by its walls.